Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 74 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. Since cricket resumed after COVID-19 put a pause on all sporting activities, the Indian team has endured almost an unrelenting schedule. In October 2020, they played the IPL before traveling down under for a grueling multi-format tour. From there, they joined the bio bubble back home for the test series against England less than a week after landing from Australia and then another IPL began. Only the postponement of the IPL in May provided for a moment's pause, albeit as a crisis, you know, engulfed the nation before India headed off to England for the World Test Championship final and a five-match test series. If not for the delay that the IPL caused, the players would have travelled to England just three days after the tournament ended. India has been in bio bubbles or controlled environments since they left to play the World Test Championship final on their tour of England in June. India has had a 3 week break after the World Test Championship final before they took on England in a 5 match test series in England. After the 5th test between India and England was cancelled due to COVID-19 concerns in the Indian camp in India, the Indian players headed to the UAE to feature in the second half of the IPL. Notably, the BCCI found the September-October window for IPL 2021 after the tournament was suspended in May due to COVID-19 concerns. While the IPL 2021 final was played on October 15th, the T20 World Cup round one action got underway in Oman way before and the UAE on October 17th. India did play their first match on October 24th and got a week's break before their second against New Zealand. A quick look at India's upcoming schedule obviously paints a scary picture. We're looking at a five-match test series against England, which was followed by the second leg of the IPL just five days later, the T20 World Cup that was staged just three days after the IPL final, and the World Cup that happened. The side is currently playing New Zealand, and then we will be travelling to South Africa for three tests and three T20Is. And it might not be until Jan 2022 that players who are a member of all the three squads will be back in India. Now that is almost seven and a half months away from home. This might seem unavoidable, but it is not. Cancellations rather than post postponements are options that the BCCI should be considering, but they clearly aren't. Instead, with the revenue a travelling Indian team generates and the lack of a rotation policy, the top stars are likely to feature in almost all of the game, which not only makes them brittle and vulnerable to injuries, but also to mental health struggles. The threat of you know having their loved ones contracting this disease while being locked up in a bio bubble is you know an altogether different fear, something that Kohli has acknowledged time and again. So this episode is all about breaking down India's FTP. For those of y'all who don't know what this means, it refers to the future tours program designed by the ICC and the cricket boards in tandem for bilateral tours and the impact it is having on our players. And I thought it would be pertinent, you know, to invite someone on the podcast who has a background and some lovely perspectives on the interplay between sports psychology and cricket. On the podcast today joining me is Urvisha. She is a cricket enthusiast but in a very different way. Before we get to know more about her and her love for the game, let's get to know a little bit about her. She has completed her masters in counseling psychology and is currently pursuing her masters in sports psychology. Apart from studies, she is a trained dancer and an aspiring writer. She is all about sunsets and coffee. 
She, along with a team of passionate fans, run the space called Beyond the Matches, which talks about cricket and life lessons from the game. She also runs a page for mental health awareness called Calm in the Chaos. So let's hop on to understand more about her journey with cricket and a lot more about her. Hi, Urvi. Welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Really happy to have you on this. And I think this was a long pending collaboration. And I'm so glad we're finally doing this. Hey, Neha. I'm really, really excited to be here. Yeah. And uh, before we get started with the topic, I'll just ask you a couple of questions, you know, to acquaint our listeners about you and your love for the game. So what got you interested in the game first? Like, tell me a little bit about yourself as a cricket fan and what are some of your earliest memories of the sport? All right. So um, I'll start with uh, my first memory of playing cricket yeah. uh, before I move on to what got me interested into it. Hmm. So, um, I was very much active into sports when I was a young kid. And I always used to be outside playing, like either cycling, badminton, cricket, everything. Like anything anyone is playing around me, I'm going to go and play with them. Yeah. So, that's how it started for me. Um, I would say it didn't start with uh, watching people play cricket. It was just more about playing myself. Hmm. I was more about someone who wants to go out and play and not just sit and watch someone play. So I didn't watch cricket for the longest time, to be very honest. <laughs> that was just not me. Um, but yeah, uh, the earliest memory is about playing cricket. And something that got me interested or like let's just say attracted to this game was the way it just keeps changing. Like hmm. I've seen people play lawn tennis, there's football. Like every game has its own uh, unique way of changing courses. But the way I connect to cricket, the way I see that each ball is suddenly an opportunity and it is also uh, something that teaches you about life. That mm. Most of the things that I have learned in my own life is by watching this game. And I have seen like within a span of three hours, there is like a hell lot of emotions going on. Mm. There's a whole roller coaster the person goes through and the prefer- preparation for it and everything is so much that... I feel that is something that we do in our daily lives also. Right, yeah. Yeah, and bowling is something that really got me interested. I was like, yeah, this looks insanely (laughs) uh, skillful uh, thing to do. Right. It's like, you are the king of the whole game when you are bowling. You are suddenly there, out there, and uh, everyone, like, everyone from the opposite team is just scared. Like, okay, what's coming? Going to come next? That suspense, that... uh, thing that you create, the aura that you create out there when you're bowling is very, very different than what we see when someone is batting. Hmm. So I think that is, that uh, aura is something that got me into it. So yeah, as we move on, I'll tell you more about how uh, (laughs) I started watching the game. Hmm. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you answer that really well and I could resonate to a lot of that. And that actually kind of brings me to the next part of my question that, you know, how was it like playing cricket in school or even in your childhood and what are some of your fondest uh, memories? I never played cricket in school, to be very honest. It was just in my building and Hmm. in my society that I would play with the kids around me. And uh, I used to go to a ground uh, near our house in the morning and used to play there because... Scooters, people used to get mad at us. So they never used to let us play. Sometimes it's in someone else's window 
and everything. So we were like, we'll go out in the morning hmm. and we'll play there. So that's how uh, it used to be. Like in the morning or in the evening, we are playing in a very small patch where it's just like if it touches this bike, it's two runs, and if it touches the wall, it is four runs. That's how we used to play, and I think that was the fondest memory of all time. And uh, coming to school, yeah, I don't remember. I never played anything in school. I was not mm-hmm. much of a sports person. Yeah, we used to participate in sports activities, but there was nothing like a cricket team or anything that where I could uh, go out and say that okay, I'm passionate about cricket and I want to play cricket. Uh, but one thing that uh, for sure. Uh, made me feel like okay do i still want to continue or not is uh, i always used to see guys play cricket around mm-hmm. me there were always a boys team and it would hardly be any uh, women out there playing cricket around me so it used to be like okay should i continue should i not continue and it kept me off interest after a point of time i was just like okay theek hai ye in log ke liye hai shayad or something like that mm-hmm. so that is something that got me off the track for a while interesting and of course dhoni virat kohli everyone just keeps coming in mm-hmm. um, currently if i have to say one person one cricketer that i connect to is rohit sharma and mm-hmm. it will always be rohit sharma uh, i remember every time someone used to talk about who is your favorite cricketer back then and they would expect a dhoni or a virat yeah uh, as a re- reply and i would say it's rohit sharma and uh, when it was a tough patch for him in between um people used to be like no he is this he is that hmm. they used to tease me and they used to be like no he's not going to play anything and i'm like one day he will play and that that's the day i'm waiting for yeah. and that will happen so i always I, i always got into arguments with them because <laughs> i kind of believed in him and his talent and there are so many things between me and him that are so common oh. we tend to forget things um like we have been told about our weight and this and that like how are you going to do this how are you going to do that and hmm. to shut that noise and just believing in your own talent believing in your own skill and going out and performing is something that i have learned from him i'm like okay now i have someone at a inspirational position hmm. who is putting out an example that it is not about being an ideal size or ideal type of a person it is more about being yourself and believing in yourself that brings you to your best and hmm. takes you to a position that you want to be in your life so there are so many things that i connect to when so when i talk about rohit sharma so currently in men's cricket it's rohit sharma and in hmm. women's cricket i would say it's punam raut okay um, i know there is a rough patch uh, going on for her but hmm. i totally totally believe in her of course i love the whole women's team i'm like if i would have known about them before i would have been not sitting here Uh, talking about how much i love the game but actually out there playing because hmm. this is something that really really uh, made me feel happy that now they are getting a kind of visibility that they should have got uh, beforehand True, but i'm yeah. really happy how 
it has progressed and uh, i hope to see punam raut in her element soon yeah it would be so much fun to just see her uh, do her best out there on the field hmm. so yeah like like everyone else smriti mandana harmandi mitali di julandi everyone is there up yeah. you know favorites list hmm. but yeah someone if i have to take only one name then it's rohit sharma and punam raut for me <laughs> i think you answer that really beautifully you know the way you see these cricketers and how much they mean to you i, I think it was a really interesting answer and uh, what's you know one of your favorite match of all time now this can be men's cricket or uh, women's cricket can i have two favorite games of all time because, <laughs> yeah go for it yeah um so i'm someone who really loves test cricket i feel that is what entirely our life is about Hmm. if you uh, see in a, this sense um, so to all the listeners this is just a disclaimer i do not watch the game just for the entertainment part of it i'm constantly learning something from it and i feel um, the only way i connect to this game more deeply is to see how it resonates with life and the things that happen in our life and how everything is going how we are performing and stuff like that So for me favorite game of all time would be uh, from the recent times uh, which is the gaba hmm. gaba test match for men's cricket and the yeah. england test match that we played after such a long time in women's <laughs> cricket yes because yes. that's the very first time i have uh, witnessed a uh, woman in whites hmm. and i literally had tears in my eyes when i saw them take it to a draw and just push themselves to do their best like just imagine 7 years you haven't played any kind of test cricket yes. you haven't prepared with red ball and you go out there with that confidence with that preparation that we are just going to give our best mm. and do whatever we can so that and the zeal and the grit that they have shown inspired me to so such an extent that i am like i'm not going to stop watching them play and i just want to see how they grow from here Hmm. So yeah it has been quite an interesting uh, game and one of my favorites for each of our men's and women's cricket team. Yeah and have you been to a cricket stadium and if yes what are some of your know, fondest memories of being there like the experience the vibe and everything how is that like I have just been to stadium once okay um it was during Kings 11 Punjab and the uh, mumbai indians match it <laughs> okay. was an afternoon match i clearly remember hmm. and uh, i just went there to watch yuvraj singh and malinga i'll be very very honest okay. i just went there to watch two of them play hmm. and one of my favorite memory is i don't remember the bat- batter who was on crease uh, putting the balls on the boundary because it's been so long i think it has been like 2013 14 i'm not sure oh, it's like huh. more than 5 years Yeah. yeah i'm not going to remember that much yeah but uh, i remember balinga was standing right in front of our stand and uh, i just looked at him and i forgot everything <laughs> i didn't see the ball coming towards our end and everything i was just like uh, mom see he's standing here mom see he's doing this and he's doing yeah. that so i think that was a, one of the star struck moment for me hmm. and he just like mo- uh, turned around and he waved at all of us in wow. the stands i was so happy <laughs> um, I would have loved if I would have met Yuvraj Singh because hmm. someone I really really loved watching play. Hmm. So, but yeah, like to see all the MI players and 
uh, Punjab players just be there. Even though we lost the match, and I lost the match, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a good outing. It was a good experience, and to just be in the stands because uh, I was someone who wanted to experience what it feels like to be in the stand and watch a game live. Because hmm. on screen you have it on a Zoom version, and to be there to experience uh, that feeling of sitting there, chanting, supporting your favorite player. and them being able to hear you is on a different level it's a whole different thing true it's yeah it's not like uh, something you can imagine yourself in you have to mm-hmm. be there to experience and then feel that emotion and then understand how it feels like so yeah that's right. one of my fondest memories right yeah and i think also previously in one of your answers you did talk about how uh, test cricket means a lot to you right and you don't see cricket just merely for the entertainment value that it has but also for like a whole set of things it uh, brings in the different facets and everything so when you have a yeah. look at you know the positive impact of this game and what do you think are some of the positive impact that the sport has actually had on your life um there are a lot of uh, things that i have learned from cricket uh, hmm. i'll answer this one very very seriously okay. so just um, hold on to your thoughts till then okay. uh, this is for all our listeners so i would say something about team games um, like understanding your team members understanding how uh, you have to adapt to situations understanding uh, what you can control what you cannot control and uh, how to present yourself that is something uh, that everyone needs to learn in life also when you are working in a group mm-hmm. how to understand each other your strengths your weaknesses your your team strength and weaknesses what is the goal of the team what is your individual goal how are you approaching the thing and how is the team approaching the thing and uh, motivation factors like being there as a support when some of the team members are down or just putting yourself out there to see what all you have in you what all potentials you have and just exploring that other than that it is about taking the win and taking the loss in the same way hmm. this is something uh, that people call it as like a leveler hmm. cricket is a great uh, leveler something like that it's right, a very yeah. challenging thing uh, so i feel all the sports do have that but since we are talking about cricket let's stick to that hmm. um being humble in your losses this is something that i have really learned from cricket um then how to be calm under pressure and how to just be able to communicate what you want from your team and being consider- considerate about their skills about their uh, journey about their process so these are a few things like leadership qualities like if you see ms dhoni he will talk about being calm under pressure if you see virat kohli he will talk about how you have to stay motivated you have to stay aggressive in your body language to hmm. put pressure on the opponent so that you can win and how to stay calm under pressure is something that i have learned from uh, dhoni hmm. sir that uh, no matter how much the opponent is doing you have to stay calm and you have to think through everything like you have to yeah. stay prepared something that i have learned from rohit sharma is that no matter where the arc is going for a win or a loss if you don't celebrate each wicket if you don't celebrate or pat your bowlers enough hmm. it's not going to work out the team is not going to work out so hmm. 
the results won't turn in your favor and you have to be prepared and i have seen and i have heard him say this in a lot of interviews that you have to just be yourself but you also have to know what your opponent is doing mm-hmm. you have to understand your opponent and you have to keep them uh, in check like you have to maintain that thing that okay this is something that he is doing how can i uh, take his wicket or how can i uh, hit him for a six or a four or how to just defend in front of this bowler so there are so many things like if you see yuvraj singh if you see sevak sir and everyone they have something to teach you like yeah. be bold in the way you are playing it doesn't matter who is standing in front of you you just have to play hmm it can be like one of the greatest in the world and you you can still hit that person for a six so it's like different approaches that you learn hmm and in different situations like in cricket especially i have seen that the situation changes in a fraction of second hmm and how to adapt quickly to that situation how to give your best know your potential be self aware about it and then just keep going out there and doing your best just don't stop that is something that i have learned like take rest but don't stop giving your best like do yeah. not at any point of time be bugged down by the fact that someone else is doing better than you hmm. you are doing self from your performance yesterday and that should be your parameter then these are just just a few things that i have learned hmm. uh, from this game i keep learning and uh, i keep talking about them on beyond the matches so yeah that is something that uh, has me connected to the game and that hmm. is how positively it has impacted me Yeah I think you covered that really well you know the ki- different kind of perspectives and approaches that you brought in really you know was uh, an eye opener of sorts and uh, this brings me to another question like you know are you like an avid reader and what are some of your uh, you know favorite cricket books of all time I'll be totally honest uh, I haven't <laughs> read a book in a long long time okay. and uh, I do have cricket related books hmm. but I haven't read them yet I okay. have roj I have few in my cart that I have to put place an order for hmm. I really want to start reading but to be very honest it's it gets so difficult with the schedule that I have hmm. to sit and read but I hope I start soon and maybe the next time around when I come on the podcast again I'll have some names <laughs> to give <laughs> Absolutely yeah I mean it's never too late to you know pick up a book and start reading you know it's Definitely uh, yeah If um, I have to say it in MS Dhoni style, I'll say definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that is a good uh, analogy. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, feel free to talk about your venture beyond the matches. You just mentioned this in the last uh, previous answer, and I was like, yeah, let's uh, hear you talk about beyond the matches. Yeah, so beyond the matches is a place where uh, cricket meets life. Hmm. Um, so me and my friend uh, Ekantika, we used to sit and. Uh, discuss cricket and since we both come from psychological background we were do- doing our bachelors and masters together hmm. um, so we used to sit and talk about how different psychological concepts come into play when the game is happening like handling pressure was something that we always used to look at like who is performing to their best who is succumbing to that pressure how can they give their best or what is their potential in a less pressure situation and how they are performing under pressure situation especially the death overs and the opening overs um, 
even in the middle overs where the game is not going in team's favor how is the bowler or the batter performing um and what makes them different like what kind of personality do they have what kind of approach do they have mm-hmm. so i think these were always our uh, talking points resilience how the team loses three four games and in the fifth game they are suddenly out there performing their best so these were some of the things that um, we used to discuss on daily basis along with of course our favorite moments from the game and how someone played how someone should have played and stuff like that we used to sit and discuss hmm. uh, in our lunch break or after college or before college every time there was a game hmm. so we were sitting during lockdown and we just thought i told her like how about we actually bring our discussions to people out there because hmm. there's no one who talks from this perspective no one who talks about the mental side of the game and yeah. since we come from the background of mental health we should actually take this as an opportunity to talk about it and uh, we started this last year in november october hmm. and uh, we went like for a full fledged website in november hmm. so that's how it started for us and uh, it started like a personal passionate blog and now we are slowly turning into a professional space hmm. um, now we have like a whole team working with us with all passionate cricket fans writing for the space and contributing in their own way hmm. like we are constantly learning we are trying to understand different concepts and stuff hmm. and i'm currently pursuing sports psychology masters and doing okay. another masters so i'm trying to understand and we are kind of in a transitional phase right now at beyond the matches hmm. uh, where i'm trying to bring uh, more information more insight into how this whole thing functions hmm. and uh, how the aspiring athletes or how we as audience can do better and contribute better to the game because i feel we as audience do a lot for the game we consume the game to an extent where it has become a part of us mm-hmm. so it affects all of us whether the team wins or loses it affects each of us in different ways so how can we uh, do better how can we understand where they are coming from and how can we, we how can we be supportive about it and uh, what can we learn so at beyond the hmm. matches we don't just focus about uh, talking on the points of what the players can do what players are doing and stuff like that but whatever they are doing how can we adapt the same into our own individual lives hmm. doesn't matter if you're playing the sport or not if you are in a working sector how can you uh, stay calm in the deadline situation hmm. you see here how the bowler stays calm and gives their gives his or her best yeah um, in the death overs like if he ha- if he or she has to defend 10 to 15 runs in the last over or let's say five runs in last over how are they doing and how we can also adapt that skill into our daily life and when we are working on crunch deadlines if we have to submit something or if we have to give our best under stressful situations so how we can do that Hmm. what are the qualities that they have that we can adapt in our individual life so these are the things that we talk about if you go back to our old articles even the new ones we keep talking about the life lessons that these games give us hmm. like each game has something to teach us so that's what we do on beyond the matches we try to bring a different perspective on the table for discussion and open a conversation hmm. uh, we at no point say that we are right or we should see it in this way only we agree that statistical analysis is important we agree that everyone needs to see the game in their own way which are mm. way they connect 
but this is the way we connect and we want to bring this discussion to table and we expect nothing but just people to understand that it's okay if someone comes from a different perspective we can learn we can understand more because there is always a room to learn in life and mm-hmm. we are just having a discussion we are not stating facts we are just discussing and we are constantly learning we are trying to understand and this is how we see the situation we don't know how the player is feeling on ground hmm. if there is no interview about that player but this is how we see how their body language is how they are uh, approaching that over how they are talking how they are presenting themselves so these are the things we see and observe and these are the things we talk about so that we can also learn something like uh, mm. our leaders would constantly uh, learn something or the other from everyone right so yeah that's something that I'm, i mean i for one of the space yeah i for one i'm a huge fan of your venture beyond the matches i mean uh, the kind of work you all do like on twitter and uh, instagram like it's really good it's insightful stuff and i continuously read your blogs so the time when you were like uh, you know taking a break i actually missed reading your stuff but i knew you know you'd come back stronger and you actually did so kudos to the team and your community and i hope you grow a lot and we can have like a lot of collaborations in it so much yeah yeah i'm totally looking forward to that now <laughs> true and uh, what are your future you know aspirations and goals where do you see yourself in the future um honestly right now i'm still studying hmm. and when talk about the space i feel the space is um uh, something that i uh see growing and becoming a space where everyone tries to share learn and grow together it has to be a space uh, which is not about putting opinions or just bashing someone or the other hmm. it's more about uh, how we can grow together as fans and how we can give uh, better to the team that is doing a lot right, for right. us in a way so and individually i do see myself um uh, contributing to the field in some way or the other if not playing on the field helping the players on the field uh, to give their best hmm. so uh, hopefully it happens let's see we never know what the future holds yeah fingers crossed for that and really hoping you know the best for you yeah Okay Urvi so after that long session of asking you questions i would have actually loved to ask you a lot more questions and you know listen to your experience and live through them but i think now you know let's just jump straight into our topic yeah yeah so uh, first up i'd like to ask you your thoughts on india's unbelievable ftp i mean let's keep in mind we're still in the midst of a pandemic now just taking uh, the discussion a little back right like we had bumra highlight how biobubble fatigue tends to creep in you know in your players mind and how it kind of affects performances considering you know how there's such a packed schedule and everything that's happening even virat kohli uh, you know posted that uh, instagram photo where you know he was tied up with everything and impact that a biobubble can have So just keeping it short here two questions do you think there was an underlying message you was trying to tell and uh, what are your thoughts on a bubble life I'll 
be very very honest here i can only imagine what it would be like because we haven't been in that experience enough to understand what it is like for them from the outside it definitely does feel like oh they are getting all the services they are getting all pampering and stuff like that but um, the amount of exertion the amount of uh, energy that is invested from their end is not really out there for us to see so we really don't know how much restrictions they are bearing even though they have the facilities like um i'll give you a very simple example like when we were in the early phases of lockdown and we had like assignments the college work university lectures all going online at one point we also felt the amount of burnout and we were like uh, this lockdown feels like being in a jail or something even though we did uh, have certain amount of privilege and a certain amount of uh, support let's just put it that way to be very very honest some people didn't have that but the ones who had they were also complaining they were also mentioning about the fact that it is difficult so it's not about that because they have facilities they don't have any issues mm-hmm. that is one misconception that people uh, hold on to a lot of times because uh, i'll talk from my experience uh, we were also in kind of a bubble mm-hmm. uh, in the initial two phases of lockdown and we know how it feels like it's nothing uh, new for us we know how it feels like when you can't meet your relatives your cousins your friends or maybe just your uh, peers at school college university at whatever level you are like even in your office you can't meet your colleagues so it's it's kind of weird it's kind of uh, taxing also because you want to see new faces you want to be around people and then that's taken away from you only thing that you have got is uh, what is there at home mm-hmm. uh, that is some people are with their family some people are not with their family so i can only imagine what it would be like for them to be very very honest uh, talking about the fpp i feel it's too uh, crowded to be a proper schedule for sporting again i'm just another fan talking from my perspective uh, this is in no way an opinion or anything it is just a viewpoint so guys don't uh, come at me for anything you might just see me saying something else or you are me saying something else uh, once i start to understand why it was the way it was maybe you're down the line or something but from what i see uh, at the moment it's too taxing for anyone like the amount of series that are being played back to back just imagine the amount of series that they are playing and we are watching mm-hmm. after the point we are also losing an interest we are like mm-hmm. oh just another match just another match the same amount of excitement the same amount of uh, thrill is not there in the game anymore mm-hmm. when you are watching it like they are giving their best out there but we are not feeling it that way right um i read a lot of tweets a lot of uh, posts a lot of uh, of my friends who are into cricket and they did not mention about the fatigue that they were feeling uh, after that gaba uh, series like the right. australia series yeah, the yeah. england series and they were like now the ipl is like getting a bit too much even the second half of ipl was like people are watching it people are enjoying it but they are not really in the moment enough to enjoy it the same way Mm-hmm. and then comes the world cup and then now the ongoing new zealand series and we have like a hell lot of series coming up we have another ipl coming up so it's a very tight schedule for any athlete because this is not something i have seen happen before i haven't seen uh, india play to such a tight schedule to be very honest at least uh, the amount of cricket i have watched because uh, i'll be adding just one uh, short thing for the listeners here mm-hmm. that 
uh, we didn't have TV at home back then. So um, I used to watch, watch at my friend's place or just follow it through radio, newspaper and everything. But as far as I remember, uh, these kind of schedules were not really there. We did have breaks. We did have a certain amount of time for recovery, which I feel is not here, there, uh, present in this one. Like after a tough series, when you're playing three formats uh, back to back, you expect at least a month break. If not a month, at least 15 days off where you're doing nothing, like not even uh, being around the field and then you just do a recovery, maybe seven and seven, eight, you divide that way. But your body needs that rest because you have exerted it too much uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, everywhere. Because um, when you talk about bubble fatigue, uh, you're also talking about burnout. And this is something that everyone has talked about at certain point when it comes to cricket. Like not just Indian players, we have heard uh, players from England, New Zealand, right, everywhere yeah. talking about this. So it's nothing new. The term is not new for the audience. But uh, overtraining and burnout are like very common in athletes nowadays, like uh, especially cricket because there is so much cricket happening. There is a franchise cricket happening and there is a bilateral series happening. There, there is ICC events happening. There's like constantly something is happening in the cricket world. Uh, there is no pause to it. There is no one uh, saying that, you know what, let me just take a break mm. or let me just recover myself. It's like your body is exerting for seven to eight hours. You're resting for like six hours and again you are exerting at 10 hours. So there is no proper rest. There is no proper schedule. So when you talk about burnout, bubble fatigue, you're not just talking about the physical part of it. You're also talking about the mental part of it. Like... Um, the amount of stress, the amount of uh, disturbed sleep that a person might be having, mm. appetite changes, your whole routine changes, because suddenly you want to give more because people are expecting more out of you. So you're overtraining yourself because your competitions are on higher level. Like if it's an ICC event, you have to have to give your best. There is no other choice, right? So you are overtraining, you are doing extra hours, you're putting in a lot of efforts. But it's not really helping your performance. So right, I yeah. think um, that is something that people need to understand when it comes to players that it's not just them. It, it is also our thing on how we see them. If we are like, okay, they have to win always by hook or by crook, then you are putting a very unrealistic expectation and demand on them. So... Not that they do listen, but they do know about it. It's not something that they don't know. Hmm. They know that the audience expects a lot out of us and we have to give our best. The coaches expect, the nation expects. So they know that expectations are tied to them. Yeah. So coming to the part where you said like, um, Virat Kohli putting a social media post, uh, I don't think there is any underlying message that it can only be a light humor that he says like, Mm. Uh, this is how it feels like to be very honest so yeah that is something like I didn't read too much into it I was just like okay he's just <laughs> trying to find the fun in this one yeah just tell people that in a light manner that you know what just know that it's not so easy because mm. if you go out and say like it's not easy they would be like no what's tough in that like, yeah that's a normal response so he just put it in that way so I think that's something there so Coming to that, um, I feel like from what I have heard uh, them talk about in interviews and 
stuff that it it must be tough enough for them i don't know just it might just be so tough that it's creeping into their performances hmm. like it has started to come out in their performances um no matter how much you rest how much you rejuvenate yourself it's not enough like when you talk about burnout or, or overtraining for that matter uh, for like months and months i think let's go back to the ipl 2020 from there to australia to england uh like the england series coming to ipl then again another uh, tour of england then coming mm. to india uh, dubai back again for ipl then the world cup i don't know it's stressful enough for me to remember and do <laughs> the math here but uh, let's just be a bit empathetic towards them and acknowledge the fact that yes it's difficult it's not yeah. easy and uh, it's, they yeah it's it's uh, it's also a fact that they did get a lot of uh, privileges on them Hmm. but it does not take away the fact that they are still humans and and despite everything they have their restrictions too like they cannot meet their family they cannot meet their fans they cannot uh, meet their friends around in the city they cannot move out for the given number of days or anything so like they do have restrictions it's not easy so let's just be a little more empathetic and considerate towards them also ஆபரேட்டிவிட்டி abnormal type of a situation with the pandemic and everything and they too have you know lent their full support to the overall well-being of uh, the players they've gone you know off the field they've done a lot of stuff so do you think perhaps it is time that team india hired a sports psychologist and have a full-fledged mental health team i would definitely say a big yes to that <laughs> i would be really really happy because what happens is uh, from what i see and what i understand i think i've talked about it on twitter also is that having individual uh, sports psychologist is one thing um uh, the therapist the psychologist or the counselor there knows you knows your game but having one with the team is about having the team dynamic into consideration understanding how the team is working building on them on their skills their strength and weaknesses building a common goal with them and helping everyone to build a team cohesion and play for one goal and not an individual benchmark uh this in no way means that our team does that or we know mm-hmm. people who do that but this is just a generic idea that all of these things do play a role like having team building exercises understanding that someone on the team is on a low mood so how to get that uh, thing into picture and uh, be considerate towards each other how to just gel up well because um i think i i don't know if i'm right or i'm wrong i'm not going to judge myself on this one neither do i expect any of the listeners to do so but this is just a view point that the team won't remain the same always right like there are players changing constantly right so yeah. the players have to adapt to different uh, cultures the different um behaviors different personalities constantly like every day uh, there is some new player every uh do there is someone new coming to the team 
and uh, now there is a shift in the coaching and captaincy so there are things that people have to adapt to and let's not forget the fact that even when we go out to work and uh, there is a change of head the supervisor or something we do have to adapt to them right we yes. have to understand them we have to tell them how we work how we have to see how they are working and like just find a middle space so having a sports psychologist or someone from the field of mental health uh, along with the team not like individuals but mm-hmm. with the team will help understand that okay everyone is coming from this space and this thing needs to be done here's the middle ground that can come uh, like create that environment which is safe enough to talk your things out to understand to bridge the gap between um captain and the coaches or the team and the coaches mm-hmm. uh, staff and everyone because it's it's not like the team is one and the coaching team is one it's like a whole one team it's a unit yeah. and if that thing comes into picture at any point of time that there is some uh, kind of disagreement or something then this little things can be well adjusted to if it has been worked on hmm. so there are a lot of things a sports psychologist works with it's not just just like enhancing the performance uh, working on the strengths uh, working through the weak areas building the team for better potential and finding the spark of the team and everything it's not just the bad parts it's also the good parts like right, yeah. how you can work better together and the strengths you have you are constantly reminded of them then you have breaks the importance of rest will be uh, more emphasized so i think in a way yeah we do uh, need a team sports psychologist i'm sure these people do have uh, their own uh, uh, sports psychologist or mm-hmm. counselor along with them because i like they have talked about it like it is important and everything but having one with the team makes a huge huge difference because then there is no uh, discrimination no barrier no difference of thoughts mm-hmm. uh, it is like the psychologist knows what is happening uh, people can come and talk to them they can talk to people so it becomes like a whole unit yes it yes. becomes a part of the unit instead of someone from the outside so both ways it's right but having mm-hmm. the team makes a huge difference because if you are touring outside india okay i think uh, during world cup and everything mm-hmm. it's so so important to have one because it makes a huge huge difference on the uh, game day because very true yeah. a little thing a little push can go a long way for any of the players or the whole team for that mm-hmm. matter so yeah i feel yeah it's a big yes for me which was yeah <laughs> and even when you Hopefully view soon. yeah and even when you view it from the micro perspective right like in the recent past we've seen players like uh, ben stoke glen maxwell from the from women's cricket we have had emilia kerr and a lot of people actually you know take this mental health break and uh, in the recent past we've had trent bolt colin de grandhome also you know citing bio bubble fatigue as a reason to you know not participate in certain tours or you know just take it easy yeah. take it easy right so do you mm-hmm. think you know we need more players who are actually prioritizing their mental health and normalizing conversations around the same i think yes um first of all i feel um in a way if i see it from a different perspective mm-hmm. uh somewhere we as fans have also failed them mm-hmm. like we haven't created a safe space enough for them to come out and say like uh, that i'm not doing great mentally so i need to take an off from the tour yeah. there's only the big names who have come forward right there might be so many 
uh, aspiring cricketers there might be so many um young ones who really feel like you know it's too overwhelming for me i need to take a tour off or something but the mm-hmm. constant urge that if i do i might just miss my chance or people will be like abhi aaya hai abhi ja raha hai abhi aayi hai abhi ja rahi hai mm-hmm. stuff like that. there's too much judgments too much stigma around it like even if you see when ben stokes and everyone uh, cited their reasons for the break mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who were just bashing who were saying that it's just an excuse and this and that and i was like okay maybe yes maybe no because you never know what a person is going through right you just see yeah. them on field you don't know them 24/7 so you mm-hmm. have no idea what's going on so yeah we need to normalize the conversation around it and not question the conversation uh, like add to the conversation but don't uh, shut it down in mm-hmm. any way like i can't expect everyone to do that but as far as i'm concerned i do make sure that i don't end up on that side that mm-hmm. you know, i don't make uh comments or anything that says like i don't trust you or i don't uh see your see you in pain to believe that you are in pain or uh, see you breaking down to be like no yo yeah you have some issue or something like that so mm-hmm. that is that so um, yeah like what i have seen is people trying to find the issue and pressing on how that could be just a lie and stuff like that because they can afford a break like i mentioned that um it's all, it's always the big names who have come forward so far hmm. um, not the young ones or just the deputants or people who have entered for like just a year or two right so yeah. it's it's really sad to see that players are taking the effort to start the conversation only for it to be questioned or something rather than understood and talked about like hmm. uh there will be like a big news and importance of mental health when someone comes out for a break and after a week it's gone like no one's continuing the conversation yeah so i hope with beyond the matches at one point some day in future uh, we hope to keep the continuation of the conversation we do try our best now also but we hope to do more so that it becomes a part of conversation and not like a separate topic for conversation so i hope that does happen and uh, mm. yeah The, it should be encouraging for young cricketers the aspiring ones to know that it's okay to take an off it's not necessary that you need to be well settled to take an off hmm uh, it's a process and if you don't rest enough you cannot perform enough yes so i hope that is something that uh, goes out to them and the people watching the game also realize that in your personal life also if you hmm. experience burnout you experience fatigue you are too stressed it's okay to take a break um just give yourself that time take a day to take a week um and people if you find someone asking for a break or something just be considerate enough you know, the pandemic life is already tough enough for everyone people are yeah. going through a lot so just be considerate be kind to yourself and to others <laughs> that's what i would say around this topic Yeah. I think you answered that really well. And this kind of brings me to my next question as well and this is something I've been thinking about for a lot of time. That you yeah. know why is there a scarcity of you know mental health experts? This is I think I'm looking at cricket right now but even in sports in general. And there's also the stigma that's you know associated towards seeking help or you know just talking about it. What do you think are the roots of the situation and is the situation going to get any better? I would say there's no scarcity of mental health experts when it comes to India there are so many people who are 
doing their masters who are passing out and everything but i think the general stigma that is attached to the topic in itself the subject in itself contributes a lot towards someone not getting a job someone being questioned about studying psychology or uh, wanting to study psychology we are like oh so you are going to study crazy people and i'm like can we just make it a conversation about you are going to study people their mental health and uh, how to better yourself because mm-hmm. that is also part of mental health it's not just the bad parts or the worst parts of your life it's also the good parts it's also like creating a space for yourself building yourself as a person so there's a lot that goes on uh, when it comes to psychology it's not just the mental health issues Hmm. So I think the stigma towards that needs to reduce. It's reducing, I would say. There are times that uh, uh, excuse the dog fights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there are uh, a lot of NGOs, a lot of uh, initiatives that have come up. Like students are taking the initiative to raise awareness around the topic to start the conversation. So I'm really happy that it has made a difference to some extent. like 10 20% but we still have a long way to go uh, coming to sports um, there is already a general stigma like what do you expect in sports there um, the field in itself is like um, if you are not tough enough to make it through you are not going to make it big so that kind of makes it difficult to be vulnerable and stuff they are like uh, suppress your emotions kuch nahi hoga just go for it and this and that So I feel that kind of makes it difficult for someone to express. There is literally no space to express. But uh, things are changing in India now. There mm-hmm. are a lot of sports psychologists. There are a lot of people who are studying and helping on grassroots levels right at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, where the whole journey starts. So I'm really happy uh, that if not directly at the elite level, uh, they do have uh, services available. But even at the grassroots levels, it is. made sure that to some extent they are aware that it's okay to seek help yeah. um, it will take some time to break the stigma it will take some time for the coaches for the athletes to adjust to the fact that there will be a different mental health uh, professional standing alongside with whom you can talk to you can share your thoughts and stuff like that because so far the coaches to play all these roles right even mm-hmm. when we uh, trained uh, as athletes when we were younger when we used to play sports coaches used to be everything for us right even mm-hmm. the teachers the coaches used to be everything we used to talk to them be the highs the lows and everything we used to ask them how to get through it how to learn how to do stuff so to have a different ent- entity doing the same and helping you in a much more technical and professional way it's mm-hmm. going to take a while to adjust like both for the athlete yeah. and the coach because suddenly the roles are divided the jobs are divided and having a new person on field uh, makes it a little difficult but mm-hmm. knowing the fact um, coming to this one it's very interesting as just uh, thinking while i was talking that mm-hmm. because the elite athletes are making it easier to start the conversation it's actually getting a teeny mini bit easier for the mental health professionals to say that you know it's okay to seek help because mm. even the players like ben stokes or let's say virat kohli and everyone have emphasized on the importance of it so in a way their conversation might not directly impact the team or the audience 
but it is somewhere helping the people at the grassroots levels the athletes who are just getting into the scene to know that it's okay hmm. so so in a, indirectly it is helping uh, the field um, but it's a slow process like i cannot expect an overnight change i cannot say like after listening to this podcast everyone will suddenly have an insight and be like mm-hmm. oh we need to focus on this it's going to take a while some people might not agree some people might agree so that's why i keep on mentioning that these are not opinions these are just viewpoints hmm. which are subjective to change with experiences right so if i learn something better if i uh, try to understand a cricketer or a uh, athlete better i might be like okay maybe this makes more sense than what hmm. i was thinking and that's that's a process like in life that's a process that's how you learn you yeah. make mistakes you have your own thoughts and then you kind of change things hmm. and uh learn with time so yeah that is something that will happen so so far what i have learned and what i have understood uh as someone who uh, writes about mental health and sports and someone who is mm-hmm. studying about it is that it is happening but it's a slow change it's not quite out there visible to people and you can't force people to make that change but we all can take a little effort of being kind considerate considerate and try to hold a conversation around it if not contribute to it just listen to the conversation that might be happening around mm-hmm. on that one so that also kind of helps us to understand where everyone is coming from and where the conversation is heading to and how we need to learn a lot of things too so yeah, yeah, yeah. like as audience it's a constant learning experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and now we have you know so many youngsters who are uh, making their inroads into the team and we can see how there's pressure both on and off the field now we're looking at a territory of social media right with the abuses the trolls and everything that accompanies it now how imperative do you think you know having a sports psychologist on board would help these youngsters and nurture them and i also have a follow up question that you know considering how this bio bubble is going to become the new normal at least for some time do you believe that you know team should actually adopt a rotation policy i mean we've seen with england how it's worked there are pros and cons so how do you think that's going to work out yeah so i'll come to answering your first half of the question first mm-hmm. um and it like uh, having a sports psychologist will only benefit there's no loss associated with that of course uh, it can get taxing and it can get uh, difficult initially for everyone to adjust to the fact that there is a sports psychologist on board or just to get one because um of course all the team all the clubs have their own budget system and everything and you cannot expect everyone to work for free right even if mm-hmm. it's something for a cause um not everything and everyone will be working for free yeah so like on monetary grounds or any other grounds administrative grounds i really don't understand much on uh, those aspects but that can also be a factor that might be stopping people from having a sports psychologist on board mm-hmm. along with the uh, other reasons like stigma and everything so for youngsters i feel it's the best time to have uh, someone around them to guide them to uh, do their best mm-hmm. irrespective of the pressures like prepare them for uh, handling pressure well because if it's in the initial stages of their journey later on they know how to deal with it yeah and uh, they can change their coping styles based on the amount of pressure they are feeling but if it's not there since if it's not present since the beginning 
if they have no awareness uh, they are more vulnerable to succumbing under pressure hmm. like not being able to hold the nerve or not giving their best it see there is one thing called as having a bad day and yeah. there is one about uh, not believing in, your, in yourself enough when you are under pressure hmm. because this happens to most of the people in general also and in sports also all kind of sports that um under pressure you start to question yourself like can i do this am i good at this or not will i be able to hit the target or not will i be able to take a wicket or not people are expecting this out of me i'm supposed to do this i'm supposed mm-hmm. to have too many thoughts coming in and at that point of time if there are thoughts then it's gone you are gone that it literally you can't do anything just uh, put the situation into viva just before your viva if you have too many thoughts Hmm. So whatever question comes next you are going to sit there blank because whatever you studied has gone uh, on the back foot. Yeah. There is nothing uh, in forefront for you to uh, answer it as like answer the questions. So a lot of self doubt and everything creeps in in that mini fraction of second also at times. Hmm. So it is important to train your mind it's important to train yourself uh, mentally also when you train for big games and if it's done from a young age uh and by that young age i don't mean like uh, just the day they start playing cricket in their life but somewhere where they have started playing at a uh, different levels like let's say district or zonals or club level or anything where it's a competitive environment mm. there is going to be pressure so handling that pressure if it's a part of their training itself not like a different thing I think that makes more sense if it's a part of their training. Like you train for your bowling for like two hours, then you are doing two hours of batting, then you are doing one hour of fielding drills, mm-hmm. then you take one hour to do just uh, mental health training, mental skills training. So if you if you make it a part of their routine, it won't feel something new or absurd or uh, something that is not normal. Mm-hmm. It will just be a part of their routine, and it will make the conversations. It will make the communication so much easier because sometimes um if you have team members from different cultures different languages it's difficult to communicate what you're trying to uh say to a person who is from a different culture or a different uh, background with the language it becomes difficult to understand mm-hmm. what the person is trying to say and also express yourself uh, well so i think those things can be managed from a beginning like how you can express better because sometimes if uh, someone is reserved and introverted they might not say if they are not feeling well or if they are not feeling like themselves when they are bowling or if they want any feedback they might not approach the coach they might not approach the senior person out there and apne apne mein reh ke they might not give their best also hmm. in the practice so these things can be worked through along uh, with their normal uh, training sessions so if that happens uh, and if a psychologist is around with them to help them uh, better their performance enhance their skills it it will mean a lot like it will make a huge difference uh, when they come on to india level or international level uh, they the national and international level they will be like uh, a different bunch of players coming out from their training so i think yeah that's hey, if that happens i'll be so happy sorry i just got <laughs> carried away with my own thoughts but yeah that would be such a happy thing to see a whole new bunch of uh, players who will just gel along with these players and 
to see how everything goes and how the pack of card unfolds so much mm. fun <laughs> uh, yeah. coming to the second half of your questions which was i think uh, the bio bubble fatigue and the uh, rotation policy hmm. yeah so i feel uh, rotation policy in itself will have pros and cons if you are not ready to uh, face the negatives it will bring it's of no use having a rotation policy because um, it will give good uh, amount of resting and recovering time to for the players but it will also co- come at the cost of success and losses hmm. so um communication role definition and uh, readiness to failure will make a huge difference here with rotation policy mm-hmm. uh, if you see um, the ftp that india has or let's just put ftp aside to the way indian team works it's it's so different like you might not see these kind of things everywhere mm-hmm. right in uh, the kind of energy that they have the kind of ma- mindset that they have it's it's just like if you see the 15 20 of them together you are energized just by looking at their pictures it is so much radiation of positive energy from them but if they are in bubble and everything you can see how their body language keeps on changing through the course mm. so i think rotation policy in that way will be very very helpful mm. it will reduce the uh rate of fatigue and uh, burnout in the uh, cricketers be it male or female um but yeah i don't know if uh, rotation policy will allow them to have indefinite breaks because sometimes you never know how much time a person needs to get back to themselves sometimes situations the circumstances around them are so so grave that it's very very difficult to give a timeline as to how you will feel and when you will feel better mm-hmm. so i think indefinite breaks will be very difficult but rotation policy in such scenarios can help because then you have players who are uh, fresh who are ready to throw their 100% but it can also come at a cost of failure mm. it will bring success because there is energy on field because everyone is fresh everyone is ready to roll but as much as it is uh, having a chance of succe- succeeding it is also having the same amount of chance for failing mm. so yeah if you are ready to test and if you are ready to uh, be patient with your own players like i'm talking from a fan perspective if mm. i'm not patient enough for them to fail then i don't think i should be impulsive enough for them to be successful always mm. so i need to i need to have that patience as a fan to just let them uh, accommodate themselves with the um, rotation policy if that happens and the team changes the adaptations the series change the format change uh, obviously they are working their best and we don't know how much they are working right mm-hmm. we don't know the amount of time they are giving into adjusting from one series to another we have our own expectations but if we just be a part of their journey if we just be like you know what i just want to observe and be part of this cricketer's journey not i'm not going to sit here and just pass judgments i'm not just going to be like you have to do this because you are answerable to us it hmm. doesn't help it doesn't help you it doesn't help them so the conversation goes nowhere it just stays hanging in there on the internet hmm. and um, in fact it leads to fights amongst fans fans 
a little patient with their journey we can't have them winning always that's just not possible that's humanly impossible to always win there yeah. will be uh, obstacles there will be setbacks but when there are obstacles when there are setbacks that's the time you need to believe in your team if you know they have won it before you should believe that they will do it again but you need to give them that time you need to give them that space so that it's okay to fail like even in the recent world cup if you have to ask me I was okay with them failing because I knew that they are trying hard enough uh, individually and as a team to give their best. Hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't click no matter how much you try no matter what combinations you try sometimes it just doesn't click. Yeah. Because everyone is tired everyone is in the same space it's difficult to pull your energy every now and then right even hmm. if it's your uh, job or if it's your passion at one point you might experience some kind of obstacles and you might experience some kind of uh, low mood so you cannot just keep pushing blindly into things right so i was very uh, comfortable with the win and i was also very uh, patient with their losses mm-hmm. i was like it's okay it's just a game that they have lost of course it meant a lot of course i did feel bad i did feel like uh, no yaar i expected a lot out of them they should have pulled it but i also understood that listen they have played ipl before this they have played england series before this and before that wtc and before that another ipl they have been playing since a long long time so yeah. this was bound to happen if not right now it it would have happened in the new zealand series so somewhere it was going to happen somewhere it was going to come out and i think everyone had reached that point individually so i don't know they were giving their best and we were expecting more than that hmm. so somewhere our expectations were a bit higher and their performances were a bit lower uh, upset yes but that doesn't allow me to blame them for anything uh, of course i am no one to talk about the technical grounds the team selections or anything people have talked a lot about it and everything makes sense but for me what didn't make sense is people not understanding that it was mentally and emotionally difficult for them to stay away from family and keep on playing such high intensity games so yeah that is something uh, i just wanted to tell people out there that let's all be a bit more considerate towards our own uh, players mm. because if it's not us then no one else is going to do that do the same for them yeah so, we can have our own expectations but at the same time we need to see uh, how much they have put in if you're not ready to see the efforts they are putting in we should not just blame them from the results hmm i think there are some you know very valid uh, points you bring up and it also brings us to you know the fag end of our interview where i just ask you like a few uh, concluding questions so uh, yeah. there is you know obviously a need to end the stigma regarding mental health in cricket and even in sports in general we're looking at a larger picture here as well 
so for someone like you who is studying to be a sports psychologist what do you think are some measures that can be taken and you know which would actually have some implications i think um be open to conversations around mental health that is mm. one uh, big thing and don't just be open to uh, talking and don't just be like i want to talk about it listen listen observe understand this is something that i have learned in my life that mm. if you listen to someone who is from the field and if you observe your own uh, athlete or your own uh people like the ones who stay around you your own environment um the interactions that you have with others and if you just be there in that moment to learn hmm then you can give a lot more to the conversation because to just contribute to a conversation you need to know what you're talking about right and i see a lot of people um trying to start a conversation and i'm really really uh, proud of them for doing that but mm. also know that uh, have someone from the field along with you to talk about it like right now also uh, we do the same at beyond the matches right so um we don't say that we are already sports psychologists or anything we have studied psychology mm. we have masters in psychology and we do understand that it is different from normal uh, field of psychology Mm-hmm. Uh, the area of application is different so we keep on learning like right now i'm learning so i'm not going out and saying that it should be this way or it should be that way i'm trying to understand i'm trying to reach out to more sports psychologists i'm trying to see what more can be done how i can contribute what are, what is the need of the r and how things can uh, work out especially in the setting we have in india mm-hmm. the academies um, the clubs then state level district level everything the different levels how we can prepare an athlete in that way so it's a constant learning so just a few things for the listeners that they can do to contribute to end the stigma is don't be judgmental about someone's uh, expression of their mental health concern uh, be it good be it bad just don't uh, be judgmental about it uh, be open to hold a conversation listen and understand this yeah. is something that uh, most of us don't do or fail to do at times because we also want to talk about and be understood and that's completely understandable but mm. when it comes to sport uh, when it comes to any kind of sport if an athlete or someone is coming out and saying that i don't feel like myself when i'm playing i don't have that much fun when i'm playing does not mean that they have lost the charm they have lost the spark it is there but they are just tired at the moment they do not feel like themselves so mm. it's okay for them to take a break instead of questioning why what happened and how just be okay with it just offer them support give them love and send some positive encouraging messages to them tell them that you will be really happy to see them on field again and you're looking forward to it because that can also make a huge difference to them in their recovery process sometimes yeah. it's the injuries that no one talks about like uh if someone has gone through injury phase like they are doing their rehab rehabilitation hmm. they're recovering from it there is a lot of uh, thought going on in an athlete's mind because they have to go back on field and they have to perform at, the way they used to perform otherwise people won't believe them 
feel free to do that because it's a learning process for all of us and it would be fun to hear your thoughts about all the questions if you have any different thoughts then feel free to hit us up with that mm. so you can also a free um just a free uh, shout out to myself that uh, do give beyond the matches a follow on twitter instagram and facebook uh, check out beyondthematches.com you can check our blogs there uh, we talk about different different topics on the website currently we are associated only to cricket and um, we will be back to sharing our blogs very very soon uh, so yeah just uh, check that out and i hope you like our content and if you do just give us a follow support us uh, support never on the back foot because we are doing our best uh, individual best to give uh, everything we have got and the passion we have for the game so we just don't want you to miss out on the uh, raw organic thoughts that we have as yeah. individuals towards the game so that would be my final thoughts and i look forward to talking to you more in future Yeah thank you so much Ruby I think you were really sweet <laughs> with your uh, the way you know you shared your thoughts it was so insightful throughout the entire discussion with you know so many ideas that can actually help make this world a better place and most importantly the cricket ecosystem right this is something we uh, strongly connect to we resonate with and something that really makes a difference in our life so thank you so much for being a part of this conversation and I think with this we draw the curtain on the episode uh and i would really like to appreciate you for you know taking time off your busy schedule and i know how much effort you know we've put in to make our you know schedules work and everything uh, you've been so cooperative uh, throughout you know and it was an absolute pleasure working with you and i hope to collaborate more with you in the future your team i hope beyond the matches and never the backfoot can have uh, future collaborations because our work ethic is like very similar and uh, i think you know we connect on a very good level and this was a great collaboration it goes without saying and yeah <laughs> would love to have you on the podcast again sometime definitely first up thank you so much listeners for tuning into the episode i'd like to take this opportunity for, to thank you for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast it gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all a heartfelt thank you do check out at the rate never on the back foot on instagram and at the rate never on the back on twitter for the latest facts trivia quizzes terminology and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word also feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics Do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated. Also do share feedback for this episode and let us know how you liked it. See you next time listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.